Welcome to Movies Are Life. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler. And could we be any more excited to talk about the legacy of Matthew Perry? Whitney is joining me today as we remember Perry's wit, charm, and impeccable comedic timing, which left an indelible mark on the world of entertainment. From his unforgettable role as Chandler Bing on the beloved TV series Friends to his various film and stage performances, Perry's talent and charisma captivated audiences around the globe, and today we're going to dive into one of his most memorable films and one of my favorites, The Whole Nine Yards. But before we do that, well, first off, Whitney, how are you doing? I'm good. Good. We've good. we've had a rough football weekend. Yep. Rough football weekend. Rough week. I sure sad about the passing of Matthew Perry. That's just... It was a tough one for me to take. I'm such a friend-like lover. And um, Chandler was my all-time favorite character. I'll have more to say about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And And then uh, my Sooners lost. Yeah. (laughs) Well, before we jumped into the movie, I I thought we could take a second just to talk about Matthew Perry. And, I mean, there's always celebrities. I mean, all people pass away, right? But, you know, celebrities and people make the Facebook, you know, post about them. But I would say just specifically with Matthew Perry and probably our friends that are around our age, our generation, you could tell this one kind of hit a little differently. Oh, why do why do you think that is? Well, I just think that they definitely loved him on friends and friend was, friends was just such a part of our generation's like upbringing and life that, um, people still have it on in the background every day or when they fall asleep or whatever it may be. But Chandler was for sure. He was at least my favorite, his sarcastic humor, his physical humor. I mean, I just, he was the best. And I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's the reason I married you was for the last name Chandler, <laughs> but it was definitely a reason for me to like go out with you in the first place. Yes. And then when I found out that your middle name was Ross, my mom about fell out of her chair <laughs> and was like, if only his first name was Joey, you would be all in. We wouldn't have even had to wait to get engaged and married, but Anyway, I mean, it sealed the deal when it was Nathan Ross Chandler. Um, but Chandler was a very big upswing for me going out with you. Not to marry you, but for yeah, that. Yeah, so. yeah. No, uh, I had friends in college who would always call me Chandler Ross Bing. Yeah. And things like that. Joey, for some reason, kind of disrupts the flow of it. It does. It would have been a terrible name tribu- if your name was Joey Ross Chandler. <laughs> it's hard to kind of throw in Trubiani uh, yeah. in there as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, why, why do you think... Um, and, I thought it'd be good to talk about this movie because we we both uh, read more so listened to um, Matthew Perry's memoir that came out not too long ago called Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing, which is an incredible listen because I, I especially like memoirs or biographies when the actor themselves or the person, um, whoever wrote the book, you know, it's in their own words because you can feel it. So, um, you know, that came out not too long ago. And so I think that's kind of part of his passing that kind of really hit everybody because he definitely seemed like he was like in a good place. Uh, but part of the reason I wanted to talk about this movie because I do think, and he was constantly, and it's always somebody who gets pinned, you know, I'm sure like someone like Michael Richards who played Kramer or just, you know, these TV characters and for a show, you know, friends was on for 10 years, you know, and people just develop, deep relationships with these characters and so i thought it'd be a good chance to talk you know about because i think he's wonderful in this movie and so but a lot in the book he talked about how 
you know, the struggle to always not just be known as Chandler Bing. But that being said, why why do you think his character was so beloved? I think just because he showed so many faults and um, made fun of himself. And I think everybody likes it when somebody makes fun of themselves. Um, Honestly, because of his tact, like just the way he inflicted words. But the first time he talks about it in his book, but the first time that he said, like, my favorite is when he's got on all of Joey's clothes and he says, could I be wearing any more clothes? (laughs) But he said it all the time. And that, that just instantly soared him to an iconic status. And, just the way he danced or did anything. Um, they obviously never showed it because he didn't really have a third nipple. But, I mean, anytime I see him do that dance, all I can think about is that third nipple. And I'm like, how did they do that? It was a mysterious third nipple. And you you really, I believed he had it. He yeah. probably does. Um, but I, that book, I loved listening to it. And I was already, I think it would make you sad. It, it was kind of sad to read about. But, obviously, but... Um, when he came back on that reunion show, he looked so bad. It like broke my heart. Mm-hmm. He just looked awful. And I don't, I guess I knew he was kind of in rough shape, but I didn't understand how rough until that reunion. But listening to the book helped me realize that he was trying to deal, why he looked so bad. Like, and, and I still was just sad for him, but, um, it was, it was a good, it was good to listen to, but it was hard. I, it was hard for me to imagine somebody cause I still think of him as Chandler, and so you think of him as that, and I just it it was hard to read, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. it was good. Yeah. Um, well, um, it definitely after reading it, I mean, I think everybody has been touched by somebody in their life who has dealt with addiction on some kind of level, and that's why the book is kind of partly heartbreaking too. But also by the end, you kind of feel uplifted by it because you know he seemed like somebody who had hopefully had come out on the other end so that's kind of what made this news you know that much more tragic (laughs) yeah and we still don't know what happened and i mean i we're speaking from this before they've released what happened but they originally said there wasn't drugs on the scene and that he had been sober and from everything that he had talked about in the book his physical state and his healthy state was just so bad that he very well could have had like a medical emergency in the water and mm-hmm. it not be that he had a relapse. Yeah. Um, he also was oftentimes suicidal. And so I we don't know. It's all speculation. But I would like to think that it wasn't something that he relapsed on and it sadly was just a tragedy of his own making. Yeah. But still just a tragedy. Um, he always seemed to have in the book people around him, an assistant or a friend that had become a life assistant to kind of be at his house and that person had left for a little while and come back and so you know just you feel for those people he had surrounded himself with like a village of people Mm -hmm. and so you feel i feel bad for those people too yeah um in in the book like i mean a a lot of a lot of people a lot of actors go through the tab uh the tv avenue you know to get to movies and uh, and not not just matthew perry but you know all the quote-unquote friends you know try to make it on the big screen for whatever reason and uh, matthew perry even though like with this movie uh was a pretty successful hit you know still probably uh didn't become the movie star that he always imagined himself being and had to retreat i would think to a lot of like tv roles um uh, 
uh, one he's known for is Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, uh, which is a Aaron Sorkin TV show. It only lasted one season. I remember really liking it. It's kind of the behind the scenes of Saturday Night Live. But then uh, I remember, do you remember when Mr. Sunshine, that show yeah. that came out? Uh-huh. You know, uh, and we always, I think he was on a CBS uh, sitcom revival of the odd couple. Um, but we were big fans of the good wife. And I can't remember if he made appearances on the good fight, but he would always show up. He played an attorney on there. He was always really good and really steady, you know, but you know, it's really, really break out of that. It's really, really hard to break out of that character. But we were trying, when we're trying to decide what movie to kind of focus on, uh, I was trying to decide between this and Fools Rush In. I think those are definitely the two. I mean, he did some other ones, but even in his memoir, he talked about like when he was doing Serving Sarah with uh, Elizabeth Hurley, that he was yeah. just, he doesn't even basically remember even shooting that film. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, do you did you have an affinity to Fools Rush In? Yeah, I mean, I think I liked it, but I can't remember any parts of it. I, I, I would have to like go back and rewatch it, but... I have an affinity towards anything that any of the six of them do because I fell in love with the characters of Friends, but I actually don't think any of them are very good in the other stuff that they do. Maybe Jennifer Aniston has done a few that are good. Courtney Cox, I actually could start to see her in that show she was in. Oh, um, Cougar Town. Cougar Town. Cougar Town was like the one show I could see her character change um, and start to love her for something else, and that was maybe one of the only ones. And then Joey playing himself as Matt LeBlanc on that on episodes. episodes. Yeah. I loved it, but he was essentially playing himself. And so I but those are the only ones that I can like notably speak about as playing other characters. We're currently watching the morning show and I can't get over I want Jennifer Aniston to look like the beautiful Jennifer Aniston that we remember from Friends, but because of all of her Botox, she looks terrible. And so I just can't, I cannot get past her not being Friends. And so I don't think she's done a very good job at that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That really wasn't where I was supposed to segue, I realized. But (laughs) No, no, this is good. Uh, Yeah, no, uh, Lisa Kudrow, she's, she's done some several TV projects, and those have actually been pretty successful. She almost seems, out of all of them, the more grounded actor i would say of them yeah you know and she kind of does short series and then she's out it seems like you know she's totally comfortable in what she's doing and then david schwimmer he's actually done a lot more uh he's directed a lot more than he has acted he still does acting things here and there but yeah in the book um uh, matthew perry always talked about how i always thought of um david schwimmer as the goofier one and the one that maybe wasn't as talented as the other five just because he's so goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Matthew Perry talked about how he was actually the most professional of any of them, that they were all like in his like uh, wake, like behind him a few steps, and that he always had the funniest comedic timing, and that he was like always ready, never missed a line. And I had to go back and like re watching Friends under that like lens. I was like, oh. I never, I just couldn't, I <laughs> yeah. couldn't even imagine that. Cause I, even though I loved Ross and Rachel and mm. they were my favorite characters, I would never, Ross like 
drove me crazy because he was supposed to drive you <laughs> right, crazy. Right, right, right. You yeah, know? Yeah. So. Well, I, I did one thing uh, to kind of go back to. Uh, we rewatched uh, Friends maybe two or three years ago. And one thing that we were both surprised with, and I think maybe one of the reasons why Chandler Bing was so memorable, is like kind of in your brain uh, with Chandler and Monica getting together was like, later on in the season and it was actually pretty early on that yeah. they were together like one of the uh, yeah. like season two or three three yeah like yeah season three it was and crazy the, and the show did really good with his character of keeping that sarcasm intact and his uh you know basically always being in his head and all that but really melding him into kind of you know the family man so to speak yeah and i think that's part of the reason people liked that character so much it was just because it almost like even when you see a guy in his early 20s who seems like a mess it seemed like it was somebody who could always kind of bloom into an an actual human being you know so we're going to journey into the wild and i guess i don't know if it's fair to say humorous world of contract killing but uh, we're going to jump into the whole nine yards that's jimmy the tulip tedeschi jimmy the tulip was a hitman sexy Sophie, the man's killed 17 people. Let's go for a drive. A drive? Look, Jimmy, I certainly don't want to die. You better get used to it because you're going to. What? Everybody dies. Sooner or later. The Whole Nine Yards is a 2000 American crime comedy film directed by Jonathan Lynn and distributed by Warner Brothers. It is written by Mitchell Kapner and stars Bruce Willis, Matthew Perry, Amanda Peet, Michael Clark Duncan, and Natasha Henstridge. Its story follows a mild-mannered dentist as he travels to Chicago to inform a mob boss about the whereabouts of his new neighbor, a former hitman with a price on his head. The film was released on February 18, 2000. The film received mixed reviews from critics, but it grossed $106 million. And a sequel, The Whole Ten Yards, was released in 2004. Did you see the sequel? I did. I, I forgot about it until you just said that out yeah. loud. And then it was like light bulbs went off. But I <laughs> I don't remember. I mean, yeah. Same with this one. I remembered it as we went. And I could remember that something was about to be funny that happened, but I didn't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. The whole 10 yards was, uh, it really had bad reviews. It did really, really bad. And I, like you, I, I think I saw it, but I cannot tell you a thing. <laughs> Were about the same it. people in it? Uh, well, Matthew Perry was in it, and I know uh, Kevin Pollock was in it, who played. Well, I know that's probably already what makes sense. I think he played the brother of the mobster Gogolak or whatever oh. his name that got killed, and so that was already kind of like, wait, yeah. you're do- cast the same actor to play his twin brother or something. So this was 2000 because yes. I, I listened and you said that yes. 2000 yes but when was bruce willis on friends because did bruce willis be co on friends because matthew perry and he were in the movie together like that's all i was i kept thinking that and of course i didn't go look it up but. well <laughs> so you're like you know you're kind of just jabbing at my um research uh here so okay well it looks like matthew perry said that bruce willis's emmy winning role in friends happened because the diehard star lost a bet to the sitcom actor i think from when um they were they worked together on this movie oh there you go oh yeah because that was in the book oh it was yeah okay yeah well anyway i was 
watching it it just reminded that their characters were kind of similar to to that on the on the mob boss show yeah yeah yeah. so yeah yeah they became friends on uh from this movie yeah. and so that's how that developed so anyway um yeah yahoo yeah, yeah, for the internet <laughs> so, so, yeah. and our producer thanks producer <laughs> so <laughs> falling down on the job gonna have to uh, fire that guy but, yeah yeah so um I, it had probably been a while since you had seen this movie. Yeah. Uh, what would you think about it? Um, I liked it. It was it was fun. When I first started, I thought, oh yeah, this isn't very good. Like because the gra- <laughs> like it's older looking. You realize how old it is. It's funny how a two thousand film mm-hmm. feels dated. Yeah, it all felt of a real dated. We were showing it to Hallie, and I was like, oh, we're gonna lose her because it felt real dated. But then there's a lot of people in it, mm-hmm. and that are that are great. I love Amanda Peet always. Yeah. Um, and I I thought Bruce Willis was fun in this. I Cast thought he very played well. a gr- great yeah. person. Um. You, I immediately, I guess I'm supposed to hate his wife, but I definitely hate his wife. Uh, played by Rosanna Arquette. And I, 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 you never really answered this, but was were you supposed to hate her French accent? Was she doing it terrible, or was she supposed to be doing it terrible? It's supposed to be over the top, yeah. I hated it so much. I mean, I've always hated her, but I think I hate anybody that does that French accent and sounds dumb. Like, because... Like, I'm not meaning, like, if she was French, I don't think she's smart, but just the whole thing, it makes her sound dumb, and she's mean, and all I can think is you're that she smells like, like smoke. Her. Yeah, you're not supposed to like her, so... You I know. know and... Well, I didn't. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. um, But there's a lot of, like... I mean, it's just straight-up goofy, and I don't think you can make a movie today anymore that's that over-the-top cheesy, but I think I really like that they just lean into all of it. Yes. That... that each of them are out to kill the other one, and and I just I th- I think that it's a good premise where yeah. you're like he's just a nice guy. He plays his normal Chandler character right in the heart of when Friends was on, so he had to have played that character. Like nobody would have liked it if he was the mean guy, right? Yeah. Like it wouldn't have gone over. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, now this is this is just a movie that uh, I mean we were we were both in at, at Baylor when this movie came out. So I, I don't even know when. Well, I, I shouldn't have been at Baylor anymore, but I was. No, it came out in two thousand. Yeah, I should have graduated. Oh, no, no. two thousand. Yeah, I'm not that old. What's wrong with me? Yeah, good call. <laughs> so uh, I don't know how I ended up seeing this movie, but it it just really just played into my comedic senses. I just and I still do. I I love the physical humor in this movie, and that's I think a lot of those scenes are kind of what stills it. But I, I've always liked. Um, I know you haven't seen Dirty Run Scoundrels, but I've always kind of liked. These crime elements. Um, there was another movie, Analyze This, with De Niro and Billy mm-hmm. Crystal, that played on this like mafia guy who has a conscious all of a sudden, and and so really playing with that and stuff. Uh, I always like it when a mafia type movie or a, a crime movie has such a simple plot that everybody can follow it. Like I can't stand it when movies go into this deep like um, I don't even. I, like technical type of like crime where you can't follow it and they're trying to confuse you because they don't really have a great story. Like I like this movie because it's just A to B to B to C. Yeah, like yeah. It's yeah. like not there's no deep. It's not. It yeah. doesn't fall into this like hardcore criminal act that you've got to like chase down the puzzle. You're like right, just yeah. it's just like going. Yeah. yeah, it really remind me, and I don't know if this makes sense to you. It almost like this movie could almost act as like a stage play. 
Yeah, that's what it. That's what it's Does so that cheesy. Yeah, yeah. It just probably char- wanted to be the way that characters kind of run into each other and in, in the mm-hmm. same places and stuff like that. Um, and so, but also there was this element I kind of realized watching it this time. It was almost like I felt like the director was almost trying to make this like a film noir type, like mixed with comedy because with when Matthew Perry falls in love with Jimmy the Tulip's uh, wife uh, played by Natasha Henstridge their dialogue and their back and forth you know she has the like she's always in a super fancy you know uh, dress and smoking cigarettes and he has these kind of he doesn't actually say here's looking at you kid but he has this these he says like I will love you like no one has ever loved you before it has these elements a little bit of that but um, but the movie's never dark really like as the way the way it's shot so it's kind of a little weird those scenes how they play out because that's one thing I mean I like them together in this but like I <laughs> I don't really. I can see why he would fall in love with her. I don't quite see why uh, she would well, fall. He was so nice. I guess I will say that. I mean, she's beautiful. Yes. And I don't know her, and I mean, I know her, but I can't yeah. place what other stuff she's in. But she's always she's beautiful, and yes, like he he. You can see why he would instantly fall in love with her, which I think is good good casting. But she's been around crime people her whole life. Yeah, and so like to have yeah. somebody that's truly like not trying to kill her or also not a mob boss <laughs> yeah, or whatever yeah. like she's like oh this guy would choose me over the money like what and so i i could i can kind of see how a female but also i love chandler so yeah <laughs> well I, I probably secretly kind of enjoyed this movie too i think even growing up because i i have always been pinned as someone who's the nice guy and there's a running through line of this and how you know they all just they just saw he has this they like he's so nice like how mm-hmm. could we how could we kill this guy yeah. and i always like that element you're just glad a, you wouldn't be killed yeah i think so i'm yeah. like well i guess nobody would kill you yeah <laughs> so. that's how i felt like you were in high school you were like you were like I don't know. I might not have been the coolest, but nobody was going to shove me in a locker. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. No. No. Nope. <laughs> People liked me. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, I, you're cool. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So um, I definitely, and I think watching this, I mean, we talked about the cast. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan as uh, Frankie Figs. He's great in a lot of stuff. And that, Seven Minute Abs was in there. Oh yeah. From, uh, <laughs> from something about Mary. Yeah. Can't do abs in seven minutes. <laughs> so he's in. Uh, Actually, it was six minutes. Yeah. Seven minutes are the only ones you can do. But I kept referring to him in the movie as Seven Minute Abs yeah. guy. <laughs> and Kevin Pollak, uh, who we mentioned, who's a great comedic actor, who's been around uh, a character actor that's been around a long time, and especially watching this movie as far as I I was kind of going into it this time going okay I mean we always have liked Matthew Perry you know he I mean he's the focal point of this probably I don't know if there's many scenes where he's not you know in the movie and I mean Matthew Perry really carries this movie because he's got so many people around him I mean including Bruce Willis who is a force to be reckoned with I would I would assume if you're like acting in the same room as him and I think even like Amanda Peet who hadn't done a lot of stuff up here I think she has a charisma that jumps out from this movie too but I I just it almost made me more sad because I really think um, probably a lot of it had to do with his issues but like I mean I really think he could have gone somewhere with you know, 
with some kind of movie, it just, you know, even though this one was successful, it just, it didn't probably launch the career that he was hoping to to get. Sure. And it's a very funny movie, kind of nice movie, but probably, you know. It's not going to win an award. It's not going to win an award. But we're still talking about it. 23 years later yeah but his passing probably didn't bring up this movie it still brought you know brought up chandler you know chandler bing but um well that's too iconic oh yeah yeah it's like saying jerry seinfeld is just like uh, you know seinfeld is seinfeld i mean that they don't make a show now that's a sitcom that is going to be live on forever yeah um we all watch different sitcoms and we may like them for the eight episodes that they are but they're not what they were back then yeah and that must see tv was not gonna i mean you can't can't not talk about that yeah no very much um and but i i love the humor in this movie the physical humor him when he runs into the lamp uh even when he him throwing up at the toilet for some reason his action works with that yeah uh, i laughed too at the beginning of this uh when he he's leaving his house he's depressed just about his uh how awful his wife and mother-in-law are and when he just bangs the car steering wheel in frustration and i laughed too because i basically flat out stole that for the film i made <laughs> At, at Baylor. Yeah. So, um, anyway, any any scenes that you thought were funny? It's probably no, like... No, I mean, I just... I really like them. I, I, you named a bunch of the ones, but we went back and laughed. I guess the, when he knocked the lamp over is when he runs into the the big... Um, he runs into the bodyguard yeah, yeah, in the hotel yeah, and it, he falls yeah, backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we rewound that a couple times for Hallie because she loves humor like that. Um, we did watch this with Hallie, but it is rated art and so we fast forwarded the like sex scenes because yeah. there are sex scenes she couldn't see right right yeah but um but it otherwise the humor of it was funny yeah so. yeah even when they're in the uh hideout room and he they're supposed to be quiet and he just sits on that like almost oh, it wasn't a beanbag yeah. but... and it makes all that noise <laughs> yeah 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 uh one of my one thing i i always liked in this movie was the quote when they're in the restaurant and uh bruce willis says it's not important how many people i've killed what's important is how i get along with the people that are still alive (laughs) (laughs) i just always like that Uh, this movie has some several lines like that that you know it's just yeah it's just a good script i think when they first meet amanda pete and bruce willis and chandler is watching them interact about how like excited she is that he's a killer and she's like i'm a killer too i'm trying to get into the industry and his face is like he just makes this great face like surprise face and he's just like are you kidding me like and he's just like can't believe there's more of them and then he's like what's wrong with me that i'd never have thought about killing anybody yeah yeah it's funny movie musings whitney are you scared of the dentist no no i always like the dentist (laughs) but i have a great story for you Oh, real quick, before you start the story, just to, <laughs> you just gave me a face. like You just cut me off. I know, but I just want to set up that Matthew Perry character in here. He's a dentist, and dentistry plays a big part in this whole plot. Okay, go ahead. So I'm not scared of the dentist. I've always liked him. My brother, Jeff, on the other hand, is terrified of the dentist. <laughs> and he's six that. years older than I am. So I am always remember him as the little, like I'm the little sister, and I go to his stuff well before it was time for me to go to the things. So he had to go and get two teeth pulled and we, 
had to leave because they couldn't hold him down and they were trying to give him like laughing gas or something and I remember it being dark outside so it must have been like right at four or five like right when the sun's like going down but they can't get him under control so my mom and I are in the parking lot I have no idea where my dad is during this episode but my mom and I are in the parking lot we can hear him screaming bloody murder (laughs) and he is like losing it but he has to get his teeth pulled instead of that scaring me all I remember thinking is like what is wrong with him? Like they just did whatever they did to me and I was fine. But I didn't have any teeth pulled. I don't know what. <laughs> but like I just remember like always thinking like what is the matter with him? But he freaked out. And I think it's kind of similar to my firstborn. Hallie freaks out anytime there's a medical and Hayden, our youngest, is like, eh, whatever, I'm fine. And that's kind of what it did to me is it just made me look at him like what is the matter with you? <laughs> but I like the dentist. I was fine. Yeah. Makes my teeth feel clean to right. go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You are you scared? You're scared of the dentist. I I'm not scared of the dentist. I just you're scared of the dental hygienist. That's who hurts your mouth. It, no, <laughs> I'm not scared. I I am just always just afraid that there's they're just gonna find something. That's what yeah. it just always feels like to me. And I and no, I had to have like an expander, and my dad uh, would have to turn that key every night. Yeah. Where you'd have to lay back, he'd take that key and turn it. Oh, that was brutal. Maybe I was scared of my dad after that but yeah. i had braces i had the whole i had the whole nine yards yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice nice callback thank you yeah no i actually our dental uh hygienist now she's actually made <laughs> made me want to go back like yeah, uh, and uh she's about to have her second kid and i, I you know she's about to go on leave and so i i made sure <laughs> next time i don't think she'll be there for my next appointment but i was like you're coming back right yeah. so yeah <laughs> so um so another thing that plays in this movie uh th- this movie's uh set in montreal uh quebec so um in canada so this was one of the first mainstream american movies actually filmed on location in, oh. in canada which is kind of interesting but um in it, they kind of talk a little bit about the culture. One, which in being that when they order a hamburger, they apparently put mayonnaise uh, on the bun with it, and so uh, Bruce Willis's character expresses oh, his yeah. yeah fury behind behind this. So I was just wondering, you know, do you hate mayonnaise or mayonnaise on hamburgers? No, I actually really like it. Yeah, but for whatever reason, like in high school, this is why you can't ever mention food choices to young girls. But somebody told me how bad mayonnaise was for you. And so while even though I think it tastes good, I just can't stand it when they like put a lot of mayonnaise. So I just like a tiny bit. Probably I would like a lot because I like the taste of it. Yeah. Um, But for whatever reason, I've just been scarred by that for my whole life. Yeah. So don't do that to people. (laughs) Yeah. I don't mind when I get a hamburger, I tend to just think of ketchup. But if mayonnaise is on there as well, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all. Mm -hmm. Um, it actually, uh, when I was writing this question, uh, just a, I guess a little shout out to my grandfather. It just made me think of this moment that he would always ask for the salad dressing in reference to mayonnaise, which oh. it's considered a, a dressing. Sal- a dressing, yeah. yeah. But just always, I just always had, I just have that memory of him yeah. always being on the table asking for the salad dressing mm-hmm. and not meaning ranch or Thousand Island yeah. or whatever like that. Um, so I had a. <laughs> My last movie musings uh, is kind of a segue, kind of away from this movie. So, are there any other final thoughts you have about the whole nine yards? Like, kind of, is this something that's? I would say it's a good. Uh, I mean, this is definitely a Matthew Perry like role. I mean, sure. he, he embodies the character very well. 
Yeah, so in honor of him, I would go watch it. Yeah. Right? I mean, I enjoyed rewatching it. It was fun. Um, but otherwise, if you haven't ever seen it, you're like, that, you know, you're not maybe missing out on anything like that's going to win an award, but you'll laugh and have a good time. And it's a good rainy day afternoon movie to turn on. Yeah, for Fold sure. Fold your laundry to it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my third question just kind of uh so we talked about the whole nine yards and you kind of talked about it a little bit and i'm kind of putting you on the spot a little bit but um matthew perry who played Ch- chandler bing uh is there a favorite chandler bing moment that you have from friends so many i have so <laughs> many but um my my ultimate that i do all the time is just with chandler like that whole scene of them i already said this but trying on the clothes like that's my like ultimate one when they're trying on all the clothes and they're like not touching, can't get mad, not touching, can't get mad. Like I just, that's like my all time favorite. Um, but I think that there's tons of scenes where he's either when they're, um, in the competition to win the apartment and the way that they just like jump up and down and nobody ever knows what his job is. And like, I think there's just tons of like funny little things that he does all the time. And I just think, um, I, I just think he's great in each of the scenes. Um, putting the turkey on their head, like all those things as far as like, it's just, I think he's great. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> probably not. I wouldn't put this in. This is like the, one of the, you know, the top 10 moments, but I still always think about it all the time because it just embodies the character so well. And it was early on in Friends when he's trapped in the bank ATM. Yeah. When the electricity the goes out and he, yeah, he's stuck with that, uh, uh, that model or whatever like that. Mm. And, um, <laughs> when she asked if he'd like a gum, he said, gum would be perfection. Yeah. <laughs> and then how the voiceover <laughs> would be perfection. Yeah. <laughs> and how his voiceover comes in just about, I mean, to me that just embodied that character perfectly, yeah. you know, recommendations. Any recommendations of uh, anything that you've been watching? I know uh, you've been watching Sweet Magnolia. <laughs> oh, that's the worst show on television. I hate it so much. But when you do stuff and you're not here and I need something to turn on, I just turn on the worst show possible. That's Sweet Magnolia. Uh, no, I we're watching Starstruck, and I yep. have loved Starstruck. If you've never seen it, you should go back and watch season one and two because this is the third season third on season, something yep. and i max. Don't, max i never know what anything's on thank you to nathan <laughs> um but starstruck is amazing it's funny and we're watching it right now um and i actually loved the end of the marvelous miss Maisel. to be honest it was hard for me to finish that yeah but because i like it's like it couldn't get there it was a little slow in the middle for me but the last two episodes of of um Miss Maisel were great, and I thought it was a good wrap up. Yeah, you you finally get to see uh, the big break uh, that leads her to actually be famous, and yeah. I mean it completely paid off. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah, it um, very good, very good finale. Yeah. Like it would have to be up there uh, with one of the best TV yeah. finales. Uh, I've told you a little bit about this movie, but it's on uh, streaming on Apple TV Plus right now. But uh, Florence Son. Uh, it's, oh, the one you watched without me? The, yeah. That one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, but, well, this is part of the reason. It, it's a musical comedy drama film. I, I was just... What? Wa- that sounds exactly like things I would want to watch. A musical oh. comedy drama film? Yeah, but what? but okay. you've mentioned... Uh, so, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in oh. it. 
and you you said you were kind of iffy. You made fun of Five Hundred Days of Summer and how much I liked that movie. So I don't know if he would. Uh, he he he's a slight love interest in this movie. So how, he does he write these himself? No. <laughs> how does he become the love interest? <laughs> well, but also <laughs> the real star of this movie is Eve. Uh, I think this is how you say her last name, Houston. But you would recognize her, Whitney. She played the youngest sister in Bad Sisters. Oh, yeah. So this movie is set. So that's strike number two for you watching it without. Me. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, <laughs> huh. but, but this was set in Dublin, Ireland. Oh, but she if you pl- never watch Bad Sisters, go back and watch Bad Sisters. Yeah, Carry on. Good show. Uh, but basically, she, she's a single mom, young single mom, and so her son Matt. He's like a junior or senior in high school, and they have a really fraught relationship. But she's really tough and hard-edged as well. And she decides to basically pick up the guitar, and and she takes these lessons uh, from Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. So it's just kind of about that, but then she connects with her son through his love for music, even though it's a different style than her sense of music. But the same director, uh, his second film was Sing Street, which was... Do you think he really knows how to play the guitar? Who, Joseph Uh Gordon-Levitt? Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) He does. So, (laughs) but but the director here, John Carney, his first movie was Once. Uh You remember that movie? And his second film, uh, Sing Street... Uh, was another underseen but really great film. So there's some really great songs in here. I think I saw Sing Street without you. No, you yes, didn't. I, did. I, I vividly remember we watched it at your parents' house for whatever reason. I just remember everybody fell asleep and I went ahead and finished it and I loved it. I think I liked it too. Yeah. I would like to play three songs for you and see if you could actually pick out the song <laughs> that was from the movie. <laughs> No, this is not part of the show. We probably talked about this way too long. The sea floor, uh, floor and sun. This you, you just dogged on Sweet Magnolia, so you could just watch this movie like instead of that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, um, as always, check out moviesorlife.com for episode reviews and more. If you love this podcast, please take a moment to rate and review it. It really helps us with finding new listeners. And did you know that you can support us? Did you know that, Whitney? I did. Yeah. (laughs) uh, There's a. I do support you. Yeah. There's a link in the (laughs) box. In many ways, (laughs) there's a link in the podcast description. We'd really appreciate it, and uh, your help, whatever you could contribute, would go a long way. I think you should keep the love up for Matthew Perry uh, alive. You could watch this movie. Maybe throw throw up one of your favorite Friends episodes. That's all that TBS was doing, like a Chandler Bing marathon. Um, but we would love to hear your thoughts, either on this movie or Matthew Perry or on social media. Uh, we would love to hear your feedback. Any closing thoughts? Nope. Could it be any later? <laughs> Could I be any funnier? <laughs> Whitney's really getting tired of these late night uh, recording sessions. Yeah. No kidding. Could I be any more supportive? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to end.